Hey, what's up, everyone? This is You Had Me at Black. Today's story comes from Kiera, who talks about chasing a stable career in New York City and how a series of unfortunate and trying events convinced her to pursue her passion for writing full-time. Hers is a story of perseverance and faith, and one you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. This is You Had Me at Black, the podcast where black millennials tell true life stories. My story begins in Ohio, really. I was born and raised to two wonderful parents. I come from a family of five girls, very big family, and we always had a lot of love, but not much money. So one thing that was really pushed upon us was to pursue your education. And so, you know, even I was I was growing up, it was always a huge goal of me is like, go to the highest level of school you can go to and work really, really hard in school because that will give you the stability that maybe my parents felt like they didn't have. So I fast forward a bit to college. Neither of my parents ever finished college. So even just being able to enter at, you know, one of the top universities in the country, um, have relatively good scholarships was like a huge, huge accomplishment. I had always been a writer since I was a little girl. That was all I did. I would like make up stories about like lions and unicorns and fairy tales. And I would like try to teach my sisters how to write. And, you know, it was just such a big part of me. So I was like, of course, I'm going to like go into writing as my career. You know, that's that's what makes sense. So I'm going along my first couple years at USC and declared an English creative writing major. And I land my first big internship at the Los Angeles Times Magazine. And that was just such a huge dream come true for me. And I felt like so on the right track. I was writing for the Daily Trojan, which was school's newspaper. And I was just like, yes, I'm doing it. I'm going to be a writer. And then one day, I'm like talking to one of my counselors. And, you know, we're talking about my career and what I want to do. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be a writer. You know, I've interned here. I'm writing here. And she was like, writers don't make any money. And I was like, okay. And even though this is like something you hear all the time, for some reason it coming from a college counselor was like so jarring to me. And she was like, you know, to pay so much money and to come to this type of school and to go into creative writing, that doesn't that seem like a waste? And I was just, never did it occur to me. And then my whole gear started shifting. And I was like, what, what else can I do so I can make money and be secure and like have this life that my parents want me to have? So I started going into communication. I declared a double major in English and, and communication. And once I was in the communication program, I was like, of course, I'm going to get my master's in communication management. All of a sudden, my dreams of becoming a writer and storyteller turned into how can I market brands and create stories for brands that people will want to buy into? I convinced myself that I was basically just taking my creativity and making it into business. Like, yeah, there's room for both, you know, marketing and communication. That'll let me be both a creative and a business person, and then I'll have lots of money, and I'll be comfortable, and life will be good. So I graduate from USC. I have my master's in communication management. I have my bachelor's in creative writing and a bachelor's in communication. And I'm just feeling so confident, like, I can take over the world. In L.A., I found no jobs. I had one month left on my lease, and I told all my girlfriends, I was like, I'm going to move to New York. Keep in mind, I had no way of getting to New York. I had no plan. I had no connections there, really. I just said, I'm moving to New York. I left L.A. 
<laughs> moved back home to Ohio because you can't just move to New York. And <laughs> luckily, one of my friends that I met when I was working at the LA Times, she had so many connections. And I told her I want to move to New York. And she was like, you know, what do you have your master's in? And I told her and she was like, okay, well, let's, let's see if we can get you a job. I will call this first job Company A. So Company A, they call me for an interview. I get the interview. They're like, okay, you can come out to New York, but we can't pay you. I sit and I pray about it. And I was like, okay, I can come to New York, but you're going to have to pay me something. They offered to pay me $200 a month if I came out to New York. I came out to New York. <laughs> Luckily, I had um, some friends who lived here in, in Jamaica, Queens, and they told me I could couch bum for three months. And so I came out to New York with $200 and a couch. Company A seemed really ideal for me. It was a sales and marketing role, and they were also very African diaspora-based. So I was like, oh, this is you know just my type of work. It was a television network, a small one. And at that point, even though I had $200 in a dream, I felt like at least I was laying, you know, the roadmap to become something. So I'm in this role. By the end of the summer, I know my internship is going to be over. And the lady who works with me told me, she was like, you know, I'm going to leave. And if you want, I will help you. You can be my understudy and I will show you everything you need to do so they'll hire you when I leave. So she just started kind of like secretly <laughs> teaching me the ropes so that when she made her exit, I would be a shoe in for the job. So... They ended up offering me a full-time position, so I was no longer making $200 a month. And simultaneously, the family I was living with, you know, as gracious as they were, they were like, you, you need to get out. Like, it's time for you to leave. You've been sleeping on our couch for three months. It's time for you to go. So even though I had a job, I had nowhere to live. Luckily, one of my guy friends from USC, he knew a girl who was here, and he said, you know what, she's renting out a place in Washington Heights. Um, she might have a room for you. I contact her. She tells me that I can live in this apartment with her for $200 a month. I was like, sure, dream come true. Hadn't seen the place. I was like, yeah, of course. I would, I would love to do that. I buy a blow-up bed, <laughs> take my suitcase, and I move from Jamaica, Queens, and I get to Washington Heights, and it's a crack house, like literally <laughs> a crack house. Literally the only thing that I could fit in the, my bedroom was my twin-size blow-up in my suitcase. But I had a full-time job, right? So here I was like basically going to sleep on this blow-up bed, waking up on the floor every, every morning because it would deflate. And I was walking into this corporate building. And luckily, the woman that I moved in with, she is still one of the most spectacular people that I know. But we knew we had to move out of the place because it was literally a crack house and it was dangerous and it was unsafe and there were flying roaches everywhere. So she was like, let's move out. So we ended up securing a place in Brooklyn with just us. And at that moment, and I remember when we found the place, we literally like ran all over it. And I just started crying because I was like, thank you, God, I have a home. All of that joy completely plummeted within a couple weeks because my job, company A, they decided to close their New York office. So here I was now paying, you know, over a thousand dollars in rent for this place. And I had no job to substantiate my life. Luckily, around the time, I ended up getting my refund check, but it still wasn't going to be enough for me to actually live here. So I asked some family and friends who were based in Washington, D.C. I was like, can I just come live with you? I can use my refund check money to just pay my rent for the next couple of months. But so I'm not like running around New York trying to survive. Like, can I just live with you and save the money that I have so I can come back? They said yes. Unfortunately, when I went to D.C., I didn't have insurance, so I started getting really, really sick. 
I got this inflammation skin disease during that time. And so literally I would wake up every morning and my skin would just be on fire and like incredibly itchy. And it was literally like 24-7, like every single day my skin was on fire and itchy. And so I had this plan of just being in D.C. for like a little bit of time to like gather myself and to save money. But I ended up just being in D.C. in pain for like two months because there was there was nothing to help me. So I ended up being almost on bed rest because I couldn't even I couldn't get up because my skin was in such excruciating pain. So I sent pictures to some of my girlfriends who went to college with me. And I was like, can we just raise money for me to go to the doctor so I can figure out what's wrong with my skin? And I have such a good supportive group of girlfriends and they raised money for me, and I was like, okay, I can come back to New York. I'm going to go see a doctor. I'm going to figure out what's going on. And so then I went out, and I was like, I have to find a job. So I snagged a job at a winery as a hostess. And it was just such a humbling moment for me because at the time, I had put so much stock in, like, my education. Like, I have a master's degree. Like, I'm exempt from, from everything. Like, I will always be able to have a job. I'll always be able to figure it out. And here I was with my master's, but I was working an hourly job as a hostess at a winery. And so from that moment, I, was, I still had that rent and with no full-time job, and hourly money wasn't enough. So still in this mindset, even after all that, still in this mindset that sales and marketing is the only way to, to live, I applied to company B, and I ended up getting a sales job. And I was just so overwhelmed and so excited because I'm like, I have salary again. And it wasn't enough salary. I still had to work at the winery, so I was literally working six and a half days a week, never stopping. I was exhausted. So I was, to say the least, miserable. I'm a creative person. Sales does not make sense to my brain. I was convincing myself that if you're a good storyteller, you can, you can sell very well, you know? You can, you can make it in sales. But I wasn't a numbers girl. I had convinced myself that I could make a life out of this, and I was just terrible at it. And, you know, I, but I couldn't quit because what could I do? I can't call my parents for money. I don't have any support. So I was riding this wave, miserable, depressed, like literally at one of the lowest points in my life. And company B gets shut down. <laughs> so I'm like, again, and literally that was two layoffs in one year. Company B gets shut down. So I tell myself, I was like, oh, all this time sales was the problem. As soon as I go into marketing, everything's going to be okay. I apply to company C. I get company C job, like, within weeks of company B job. And I'm like, this is, you know, all God, and, and thank you, Jesus, and here I am with my full-time job again in marketing, and everything's going to be fine, and everything's going to be good. And I'm working for company C, and at first, everything seemed like a dream. You know, I have my apartment. I have this full-time job in marketing. I felt good. I liked updating my LinkedIn profile. I liked telling people on social media the events I was doing. I liked how good it looked and how good it sounded, but I was literally dying and crumbling inside because I was not doing what I was supposed to do. And I had literally been hustling the last three years just to survive and not to live. So I'm with Company C for about a year and a half, and I make a huge mistake. Like, I fucked up. Part of it was because I was overworked. You know, I was clocking at least like 10 to 15 overtime hours a week. And because my brain is naturally creative, attention to details is something that takes so much of my energy. And so I missed something. And in corporate America, missing one thing means you're not shit. <laughs> and my my company, they 
called me out on it. I was put on like a 90s day probation. During that time, I started going to therapy because my anxiety about messing up again was so thick that I felt like I was going to drown in it. Being on a 90 day probation period, like knowing that every little thing you do is being judged is like, you just feel like a mouse, like trapped and just like on this wheel going, going. So I had to take a step back and I had to think like, are you going to fight for this? Or are you going to go back to being, you know, 18, 19-year-old Kiera who was so excited about her internship at the LA Times and writing for the Daily Trojan? Like, are you going to go back to that and actually give writing a shot? And so that's what I did. And, like, with no money, no support, I decided to fully pursue writing. And I only had enough to take me through a couple months, like, and then hopefully the freelance writing would supplement it. So the amazing thing about this which I think when I was 18, 19, when I stopped saying I was a writer, when you're no longer loud and proud of what you were sent here for, blessings can't flow for you. And I had not told anybody that I was a writer in like years, you know? So soon as I left that job, I started telling people, I'm a writer. When I said this, I had no news clips for like six years, like five, six years. Like I hadn't written anything, but I just kept telling people that's what I do. And there's definitely something magical about, you know, speaking your cause and watching God and energy move for you. And so I happened to be at this party and this guy came up to me and I told him, you know, I, he said, what do you do? And I was like, I'm a writer. And he was like, OK, you know, I can help you with that. You know, I have some people I can connect you to. I started freelancing for a very low rate, so low that by the end of the summer, I knew that if I didn't land a full-time writing job, I was going to have to move back to Ohio. So it was literally in free fall stage. And so the guy that I was talking about who I met, and he was like, I have some people to connect you to. He connected me to my now boss. Throughout the summer, I had been contacting her over and over again, like stalking her on LinkedIn and emailing her and just being like, be my mentor, be my mentor. You're an amazing black woman. You write. I want to be you. I love you. And I've been stalking her for months. She never responded to me and I just kept stalking her. So when I saw that there was an opening at my job that I have now, I emailed her again. I was like, I've just put my resume in. And keep in mind, she did not respond to me for months. And I got an email back within like 15 minutes saying, your application is with HR. We're going to be calling you in for an interview. And this was like months of trying to get her. So that's how I got my job now. And I'm writing. The reason why I want to tell this story is I think that a lot of times people think having paper, you know, whether it's degrees or even money, like that gives you some kind of security. It gives you no mental security because here I was, you know, making money and feeling confident, but I was crazy inside. I felt like I was drowning. I was not in my purpose. And it took God literally pruning me of everything that I thought was comfortable you know, from not having a bed for eight months to waking up with bed bugs on my face to having mice run past my feet to being laid off basically three times in three years for me to say, I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. And I'm willing to let go of everything in order to do it. Like just being willing to really go for it and not being ashamed that your story isn't LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram pretty. And for people who are in the midst of that now, just really, truly knowing that with every sacrifice, when you're making sacrifices with the intention of changing the world or pursuing your purpose, your path will be blessed. 
Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, visit youhadmeatblack.com slash review to leave a review and subscribe.